welcome to My Favorite Theorem, the math podcast with no quiz at the end. My name is Evelyn Lamb. I'm a freelance math and science writer in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah, where fall is just gorgeous. And everyone who's on this recording, which means no one listening to it, gets to see this cute Zoom background I ha have from this fall hike I did recently with um, this mountain goat like posing for me in the back. It kind of looks like a bodybuilder, honestly, <laughs> it's like really beefy. Um, but yeah, super cute mountain goat. Uh, so yeah, that's really helpful for everyone at home. Here is our other host. Hi, I'm Kevin Knudsen, professor of mathematics at the University of Florida. On the internet, they would call him an absolute unit, right? Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Yeah, at yeah. least they would have five years ago, who knows? <laughs> uh, uh, shows days. how out of touch I am, that's right. Yeah, here we are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's actually lovely in Gainesville. Yes. Like I'm, I've got short sleeves on, but it's like 75 and sunny and just everything you want it to be. Oh. And and tomorrow and tomorrow tomorrow's uh, homecoming at the university, which means that it's closed. This is bizarre uh, for for a parade. But as it happens, huh. tomorrow is also my birthday, so I get to wow. I, I get the day yeah. off. and uh, unclear what I'm going to do yet. But we, well, just I mean, having a a day off to lie in bed as long as you want, you know, have yeah, yeah, drink drink your your coffee at a leisurely pace. Yes, absolutely, it'll be great. Yeah. Yeah, and we are recording this shortly after Hurricane Ian. Yes. So you're you're here, so you made it through okay. I actually don't know my Florida geography yeah. well enough to remember where Gainesville is. Gainesville but. is north central, and weirdly, this cold front sort of pushed just south of, of, the, of town right before. It was about 65 degrees for three or four days, which is freakish. The hurricane, of course, took its very destructive path, entering around Fort Myers, went across over Orlando, then to the Atlantic side. We got about a half inch of rain. It was, oh, wow. it was. I mean, we were expecting like ten inches, and then that 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 weird path happened. It's, uh, of yeah. course, a lot of my, a lot of our students. You know, their their homes have just been devastated. It's, uh, it's a rough time. But yeah. you know, the, the 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 governor and the president are, you know, at least putting aside their differences temporarily, and uh, and and making some good progress. Well, we'll see. It's, it's going to be a long yeah. rebuild down there. And it's a beautiful part of the state, and I I I, I feel bad for everyone down. There. But yeah, definitely. Uh, it's not the first time, you know. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, I hope hope it it continues to progress on the cleanup and everything. Yep. And today, shifting gears entirely, absolutely, we are very excited to have Kimberly Ayers on the show. Welcome, Kimberly. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, thank you. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here and happy early birthday, Kevin. Thanks. Um, so I am an assistant professor in the math department at California State University, San Marcos, um, which is about half an hour north of San Diego. So mm. for those of you who okay. are less familiar with California geography. Um, yeah. And my research is in uh, dynamical systems and ergodic theory. Cool. Nice. And I said shifting gears because I know you're also a biking enthusiast mm. like I am. So. I am. Yes. <laughs> I love to get out on my bike and California weather is, you know, San Diego weather. It's hard to beat um, yeah. to get outside. So, yeah, I'm a big, actually... big bike fan. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, the other day, someone on a, a local social media thread was posting like, 
you know, we shouldn't have good bike infrastructure in Salt Lake because there's, you know, we're not San Diego, so there's so little <laughs> time that you can bike here. And I was like, well, first of all, that's just not true. But um, you no. do live that dream of the like San Diego biking weather all year. Yeah, it's 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 uh, I can't complain about it. Sure. Well, yeah. and it doesn't even really snow that much in Salt Lake, right? I mean, it, it, it hits the mountains, but you can, yeah. you can cycle. I mean, so when I was in when I was a postdoc in Chicago, I was I cycled a lot, but come November, I was finished, right? Yeah, because yeah. the roads just never get all the way clear. But here right. it's, yeah, it's dry enough that they do get cleared. Yeah. And so, you know, I I am not an especially hardy person. But, um, <laughs> ah. you know, if you got some layers on mm -hmm. and the, the ice is off the road, it's actually it's doable. Yeah. I discovered, I mean, this was a pandemic discovery because I grew up in Texas and I would just put my bike away in mm -hmm. like November here. But decided I mental health wise that mm -hmm. I really needed that during especially the the height of that COVID when our first COVID winter right anyway yeah. lovely to have I guess three people who enjoy biking <laughs> on this show but we are not here to talk about biking we are here to talk about Kimberly's favorite theorem so yeah what what is that so my favorite theorem is a theorem called Sharkovsky's theorem, mm -hmm. um, which is a pretty famous theorem in dynamics. Um, so, okay, so to back up a little bit, when I talk about dynamics, right now I'm talking about discrete dynamical systems, mm -hmm. where the idea is if you have a function that has the same um, domain and codomain, you can think about compositions of that function with itself, right? You can take right. successive compositions over and over again. Um, and so as a dynamicist, I'm interested in looking at these sequences. Um, like if I start with a point X in my domain and then I apply F, so I get F of X and then apply F again, get F of F of X and then F of F of F of X and so on and so forth, right? This is a sequence. And so um, we can ask questions about sequences, right? We can ask mm -hmm. like, do they converge? Or maybe if they don't converge, do they have a convergent subsequence? Um, do they ever repeat themselves? And that repeating themselves is actually what Sharkovsky's theorem is all about. Mm -hmm. So Sharkovsky's theorem is about continuous functions on the real line. Um, so it's important to say that there is, at the moment, no like higher dimensional analog to Sharkovsky's theorem. This only applies in one dimensional uh, functions. Um, but Sharkovsky's theorem says, okay, so we have to take a really weird ordering on the natural numbers. Mm -hmm. um, so we're gonna start with all of the odd numbers starting except for one. So starting mm -hmm. at three, we'll take all the odd numbers in a row. So three, five, seven, nine, eleven, mm -hmm. so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And then once you're quote unquote done with all the odd <laughs> numbers, yes. um, then you'll consider two times three, two times five, two times seven. Mm -hmm. And again, all of those, right? And then two squared times three, two squared times five, taking higher powers of two multiplied by three, five, seven. Mm -hmm. um, and then again, once you're quote unquote done with all of those, uh, the only numbers that you haven't included are the, the powers of two. So then you take all of the powers of two in mm -hmm. descending order um, until mm. you get back to one. <laughs> okay. So it's not a well ordering, right? Mm -hmm. There's, there's, you have to have, kind of wrap your mind around this fact of like, once you're done with the odd numbers, then. Yeah. Um, right. But it is so a total can, ordering. Yeah. Sorry, so you go can ahead. take any two numbers, you can tell 
like which one is before the other one. Exactly. Right. But you can't say this one is 17th. Well, you can actually say which one is 17th of the series. But like yep. a, a number that isn't an odd number. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right? If, I, if I were to count like the natural numbers in their usual ordering, like, you know, that eventually you're going to get like if you asked me, like, are you eventually going to hit 571? Like, yes, I will. Right. Mm-hmm. But if I were to try to do this with the Sharkovsky ordering, um, you know, the, yeah. that's not going to happen, right? So so it's kind of weird that there's, like, a minimal and a maximal element mm-hmm. um, in the Sharkovsky yeah. ordering. Um, so I haven't told you the punchline yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, so, but, but, but we just start by taking... Our head. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. right. So we start by taking this really strange ordering on the mm-hmm. natural numbers. Um, and then what Sharkovsky's theorem says is... If you have a period, so I guess I I didn't quite define which way, um, which way the uh, ordering goes. But let's say that three is the maximal element and one is the minimal element. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sharkovsky's theorem says that if you have a period n orbit for some, you know, discrete ma- uh, mapping on mm-hmm. the real numbers, um, then for every m that's less than n you also have a periodic orbit of that period. So, for instance, if you have a period two orbit, you have to have a period one orbit, which is what we just call a fixed point, right? Mm-hmm. right. If you have period um, 64, then you also have a period 32, mm-hmm. 16, 8, 4, 2, 1, etc. Mm-hmm. Okay. And... Um, probably most excitedly, is that if you have a period three orbit, then you are guaranteed to have periodic orbits of any other period. Right. Um, so sometimes people talk about Sharkovsky's theorem and what they say is period three implies chaos. Yep. Yeah. Now, I haven't told you what chaos is. Right. Um, and <laughs> um, I kind of joke, actually, that that chaos in the dynamics community is sort of a bit of a chaotic concept in and of itself because there is no really one like universally accepted definition of chaos. There's Mm -hmm. several different types of chaos. There's what we call like Devaney chaos or Lee York chaos. Um, But this definition of chaos, which I believe is Lee York chaos, um, says that in order to have what we call chaos, you need... Um, periodic orbits of all periods. So mm-hmm. there's that period three implies gives you that condition. Mm-hmm. Um, you also need an orbit that is going to be dense in your mm-hmm. space. So an orbit that kind of fills up your entire space. Um, and then you need this other thing, which is probably the most famous aspect of chaos theory, which is the sensitive dependence on initial conditions. Right. Um, right. Otherwise, sometimes termed the butterfly effect, mm-hmm. which basically mm-hmm. says that if you have two points, like no matter how close together your initial points are, if you apply F enough times, their sequences, their orbits eventually grow some distance apart from each other, no matter how close together they start. So there's essentially like no room for error if you have a chaotic system. Right. Right. Um, so, so that's why once you have period three, you're guaranteed at least one of the requirements for uh, for cha- for a chaotic system, mm-hmm. right? So, um, my students asked me the other day. They were like, "What's your favorite number?" And I was like, "Oh, that's a really hard question to answer." <laughs> but I think three. I think it has to be three because of this. Like, if yes. you see a period three <laughs> orbit, 
you kind of automatically get excited because those are like pretty rare. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so that is, uh, yeah, I guess I have to say the three is my favorite number, uh, for that reason. So we get a favorite number for free. You got a favorite number and a favorite theorem here. Yeah. Okay. So I, I want, I'm dragging a little bit this morning. And so having a little trouble with, you know, putting, putting some of these things together. So what... I mean, so we have this weird order on the natural numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, like, sure, I'll let you do that. I can't really stop you. Right. Um, and so, what? What kind? What is our F? What? What kinds of? There you go. Of dynamical systems are we talking about here? Yeah. Like, so, how do we um, see this? okay. So let's talk about a couple of famous examples. So, oftentimes, I'm, I'm talking. I've been talking about functions on the real line, but I guess really, mm-hmm. um, dynamicists really like studying functions on compact sets, um, because if you have compactness, you're guaranteed, like, things have, right, convergent subsequences, so so we get kind of what we call this limit behavior. Um, so a lot of um, dynamicists study functions on, like, the closed unit interval. Mm-hmm. And so some examples are um, what's called the logistic map, which is a quadratic function. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's some parameter r times x times 1 minus x. So it looks like an upside-down parabola, right? It intersects mm-hmm. the x-axis at 0 and 1. Um, and then in order to make sure that you map back two things in between the 0 and interval, we're going to require that r be between 0 and 4. Right. Right, if r is bigger than 4, then the top of that parabola, like, bumps up above yeah. 1. And um, and there there are actually cool things that you can study with that as well, But but I'll talk about that another day um oh the bifurcation <laughs> diagrams that's what you want to talk about right <laughs> <laughs> a little yeah once you vary that so that's the cool thing is like as you vary this parameter r if you start at zero and then kind of think about what happens as you like increase r a little bit mm-hmm. you see these periodic orbits appear in exactly the order that Sharkovsky tells you they're going to happen mm. so like you start with a fixed point so that's like your period one orbit Right. And then I believe it says once R gets above three, Mm -hmm. that's when that period two orbit shows up. Right. And then if you bump up R a little bit more, Mm -hmm. then you see a period four orbit appear and then a period eight. And we call this a period doubling cascade. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, as you can imagine, there's there's only finite room for R. Right. We we only consider up to four, um, but there's infinitely many kind of periodic orbits that have to appear. So they have to start coming at you faster and faster and faster. Um, and then once R gets above, mm, I want to say it's about roughly 3.87. Um, mm-hmm. And it's only a number that we've sort of gotten at numerically, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, then you enter what we call like the chaotic regime, which is like, you know, that period three orbit shows up. And then mm-hmm. like we know we have out there somewhere like periodic orbits of all periods. Right. Um, so it's so so you know people might be familiar with this bifurcation diagram, which shows kind of like where the periodic orbits appear, and it starts off like on the left hand side looking pretty simple and smooth, but as you go to the right hand side, it gets more like fractally looking, mm-hmm. and that's because once again, like those periodic orbits have to show up more and more and more quickly, right, as R increases in value. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so that's very cool. You are just blowing my mind that <laughs> there isn't just like. What I thought was going to happen here was like we would only get these 
powers of two ones and then you were going to tell me a different dynamical system later that would have but like because it makes sense it somehow makes sense to me like okay at three we get this at you know three and a half we get this at three and, mm -hmm. and three quarters we get this, mm -hmm. and like the fact that that like we we some at some point do shift to this period three mm -hmm. place right but and we can't even know what the number is right right like, and, yeah and, i'm sorry and these functions are so simple right it's just it's just a quadratic fun it's a tent map basically right it's just, i know it, it, it yeah. blows my mind every yeah. time i think about it um yeah. yeah so so okay so you're seeing the beauty in this theorem mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. and like and just how cool it is and um and i guess i'm gonna you know shift gears uh, pun com completely intended there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> once again, because not only um, is the statement of the theorem really cool, but the proof of the theorem is mm -hmm. is really incredibly beautiful. Um, and so I'm gonna do my best to explain it without being able to draw anything. <laughs> um, but let's yeah. talk about specifically about the period three implies periodic orbits of every other period. That mm -hmm. kind of statement right there. Um, so let's suppose that you have a period three orbit. So you've got three points on the real line, um, call them A, B, and C, such that like F of A equals B, F of B equals C, F of C equals A. So they, they go in this cycle, right? Mm -hmm. um, you can label, so that's going to partition at least between those into like two different intervals, right? Mm -hmm. So let's, let's say that... Um, you have A, B, and C kind of arranged from left to right. And I'm going to, for purposes, it's going to be a little bit weird, but there's a reason. I'm going to call I1 the interval between B and C, okay. and I2 the interval between A and B. Mm -hmm. um, so what you see happening then is that because of continuity, um, that interval I1, when you when you think of what it maps to under F, it kind of has to cover that entire interval of I1 and I2, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And also I2 kind of maps to something that at least contains I1, mm -hmm. right? And so you've got this, I'm gesturing a lot with my hands, mm -hmm. which I realize nobody can see. Yeah, oh, we, so oh, just, we do this all the just time. Just to slow it, yeah. slow it down a little. Yeah. So the I2 has to cover I1, it's kind of, oh, obvious-ish if you've drawn this like I have. Yep. Um, right, exactly. When you think, if you think about where B. the endpoints go. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, can we slow down on this I1 thing? <laughs> yes. So I1, so remember, B goes to C and yeah. C oh, goes C back goes around to A. To a. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. So if you think about what I1 does is it kind of like flips upside down and then maybe like kind of stretches yeah. and come, comes back around, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, once again, I'm assuming that F is a continuous function. So you're guaranteed um, like kind of fixed points when you map like an interval to itself, right? Mm -hmm. If you have a continuous function. And so since I kind of have this, this structure, what I'm going to do is I'm going to draw a graph, a directed graph where my two vertices are going to represent I1 and I2. Mm -hmm. And then the way that you can kind of visualize this is that I1 has a loop that maps, because you think about I1 kind of covers itself, mm -hmm. right? There's an edge that goes from I1 to I2, because we said that I1 covers I2. Mm -hmm. And then there's also an edge that goes from I2 to I1. 
Okay. So you have a right, so yep, you've got so this a, like a, a directed loop in this graph, right? Yeah, a directed loop, and then yeah, yep. exactly. Okay. Um, and now the really cool thing is you can create closed paths of any length on that graph, right? Just by starting at I two, mm -hmm. going up to I one, going around I one as many times as you need, and then coming back to I two, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that traversing along that graph is essentially what tells you about like what the periodic orbits are doing. It's there's there's some like analysis here when you think about like yeah. intervals mm -hmm. mapping to mm -hmm. themselves and guaranteeing yep. fixed points. And yep. so we say like a periodic orbit sort of follows this loop mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. if it kind of like, you know, goes travels between these intervals and then comes back to itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you've got like some other theorem kind of sitting in the background saying like some interval along this has to or sorry, some point in this interval has yeah, to do exactly, this exactly. precise thing. Okay, right. exactly, and you can prove that via. I think it's a result of like the intermediate value theorem because okay. your it, function is continuous. It's a Bra Brouwer fixed point theorem essentially, right? Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Exactly. You're essentially applying that, yeah. and then mm -hmm. you're just walking along this graph, and all you need to do is make sure that you start and end at the same point in order to get that kind of like periodicness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then the, the punchline is that once you have this graph, now I can create, you know, a path, a closed path of, of any length that I want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just from the existence of that period three orbit. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And so I really love that, that you know, I'm not a graph theorist. Um, for a long time, I was calling closed paths loops, and my graph theorist friends got really mad at me and yeah. told me I had to stop doing that. So now I'm like, okay, closed paths. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love that it, it builds, it takes, you look at the structure of the graph, and you kind of just read it off from there. And so the proof of of the entire Sharkovsky theorem basically constructs these graphs, graphs with these intervals um, and looks at kind of which intervals map to each other. And then you draw the, the edges as they are needed. And then again, you just read off like what length closed paths can you get from this? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah. There, there's something and it's so, so cool. Yeah. So appealing about this right. because, you know, you see this and you're like, oh man, I'm going to have to find a fixed point. Okay. Is, is it going to be like, three-fourths of b plus you know <laughs> and like fine but no you just have to like right you don't need to this. find it you it's just like know you it's there forget the whole dynamical system mm -hmm. exactly it's like the whole like actually nitty-gritty details of what's happening with this dynamical system and just say like oh look i made my little lollipop and now <laughs> exactly you just take all that it. information and you put it in the graph and then you can kind of almost forget about the dynamical system and just yeah. look at the graph well until you want to actually find this the orbit right i mean yeah well yeah. sure and that is that is a much more challenging sure. question right um because these orbits are often what we call unstable which means that other orbits don't converge to them right and mm -hmm. so in order to find them you kind of have to start like exactly on top of them, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's very hard to do, right? Because so. because of the chaos business, right? I mean, exactly, exactly. Again, there's there's zero yeah. room for error, that's right. quite literally. That's so, right. Yeah. yeah, right. Um, and so, was this a love at first sight kind of theorem for you? Oh, absolutely. Once I learned it in grad school, I was just like really taken away with. I was really, I, I started by being really captivated by this ordering on the naturals because I was like, I never thought to like 
rearrange the natural numbers mm-hmm. like I you know the usual ordering seemed good enough to me <laughs> yeah. but like but like oh we can rearrange and this this ordering like maybe is sorry my dog is groaning behind me I hope that that's not coming through um <laughs> um we can we can take this different ordering and it still like makes sense like I can still compare any two natural numbers mm-hmm. Um, but it's just completely like violates my intuition. And then I saw the proof and I was like, oh, that's just beautiful. Like Mm -hmm. that, you know, taking all of this information and reducing it down to this directed graph and then just like reading off the graph is just so cool to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm kind of maybe opening Pandora's box here, but so we just did the period three implies the all other periods Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do, so is the proof if you you know if you wanted to show that like period seven implies period nine or something do you do the same kind of like do it's you draw the same your... idea yeah you draw again you you think about a period seven orbit you label the intervals in in a kind of a very specific way mm-hmm. and you have to be a bit careful about the way that you label the intervals to make sure that like which intervals are going to cover which ones. Right. right yeah. Right. Um, and then, uh, but then again, you draw the graph and then you can just read things off the graph. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay. Interesting. So, get, so that's yeah, exactly okay. how it works. And so there is kind of a generalized graph um, that has structure. That's a little bit too difficult for me to explain right now, but sure. you oh, know, yeah. we'll say like take an arbitrary natural number K we can kind of generally describe the structure of what, that graph is going to look like, mm-hmm. and then we can describe what the, you know, what the lengths of the closed paths are going to be. Right, mm-hmm. right. Okay, yeah. Okay. So cool. So, uh, like, like I said earlier, well, before we started recording, um, I've heard this period three implies chaos. It's such a great tagline and stuff, mm-hmm. and I, I always nod like, yeah, yeah, it totally <laughs> implies chaos. Um, and, and you know, and I, I have looked at this a little bit, but I'm really happy to get to know a little more about what this theorem actually means so I don't have to just pretend I'm I actually understand what's going on anymore Um, yeah it is a really cool like you said tagline to this theorem um it's very punchy and kind of yeah succinct yes yeah very cool so okay now I gotta know so the other part of this podcast is you know we ask our guests to pair their theorem with something Mm -hmm. so what 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 Pairs well, pairs well with uh, with Sharkovsky's theorem. Okay, so I gave this a lot of thought, and yep. I think I came up with a really great pairing. Okay. Um, I don't know if you have all ever watched taffy pulling videos. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I actually wrote an article. Yeah, about, right. I remember like, this. Yeah. yeah. Dynamical systems in taffy pulling. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> I will say I don't personally particularly enjoy taffy. Um, I think it's too like sweet and sticky and makes my teeth feel kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I could watch videos of taffy being pulled for hours. Um, <laughs> so the idea, and I, you know, I don't make candy, so so I don't necessarily know what I'm talking about. But my understanding is they have this big mass of like, you know, sugar that they've boiled mm-hmm. and they need to basically like aerate it. Like they need to introduce air into it mm-hmm. somehow. And so you can do this either on a machine or by hand. But basically, the taffy has to be kind of like stretched and then folded back on itself and mm-hmm. stretched and folded back. And they just do this over and over and over again. And I think about, I'm like, well, that's exactly what we're talking about the mm-hmm. un- doing with the unit interval when we talk yeah. about like, 
a continuous function on mm-hmm. the unit interval. We're kind of like deforming the unit interval somehow and then like putting it back on top of itself mm-hmm. and then just doing that over and over and over and over again. Right. Yeah. So, so um, oh, go ahead. sorry, go ahead, yeah. Kevin. No, I was just going to say, this reminds me that, so Evelyn, I think had this diagram of the taffy pulling machine in your article, right? It, yeah. It's really fascinating. It's how these sort of, it's three, is it three things? Yeah, it's like three. Right? Three shows up everywhere, right? These yeah. three. Yeah, the yeah. yeah. And I, and now I, again, I don't know anything about this, but I wonder if that's like intentional. <laughs> um, but, and what's also really cool is sometimes they'll put, you know, if they're going to dye the taffy a certain color, mm-hmm. right? They put a little bit of coloring just kind of somewhere in the taffy. And then as the taffy gets pulled, that color works its way mm-hmm through the entire thing and i like to think of that as an analog to like the dense orbit Mm -hmm. right right you start in a very concentrated little area but slowly this dye works its way throughout the entire the entire mass of candy um no i think that's actually an excellent analogy that's exactly what's happening right and and so i wonder if the the inventor didn't know this theorem of course but 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 somehow taffy pullers intuitively knew that three yeah. three would that do the three trick. Three was going to be the one that would work. Right. Yeah. Two two's not enough. Two's just going to kind of do do what. Like, yeah. yeah. But just sort of flip it over itself. But three will really, you know, yeah, braid it at least. Yeah. You know? It it's cool. I it it was so long ago at this point that I wrote that that yeah I can't, I can't remember some like kind of the punchline of my article. I, I might need to go find. Find my article and read it again. <laughs> Be like, oh, that person really wrote so well. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but yeah, I uh, that that's fun. And actually, as a kid, I loved taffy. Mm-hmm. Um, but as an adult with you know various tooth and jaw problems, it's not the the very friendliest candy right. for some of those. Right. No, it's not. But at least you can watch videos of Taffy being pulled without yeah. having mm-hmm. to actually eat it. That really is the fun part. Yeah, yeah. So, no, there's... and there's actually yeah. um, there's one more thing that I should tell you about Sharkovsky that is very cool about it. Okay. Um, okay. There's this thing that's called the maybe it's this is not quite correct the what they call it, but they call it the converse Sharkovsky, mm-hmm. which says that so we have this ordering on the natural numbers. Um, there is. For every kind of tail of that ordering, mm-hmm. there is going to be a continuous function that has exactly periods of those exact uh, mm. period mm-hmm. periodic orbits of those exact periods, and like none before it, and right. none before it so, for uh-huh. every single one. Okay. So it's kind of okay. like this sharp, you know, it goes mm-hmm. both ways. Right. Yeah. So for every natural number, there is a dynamical system that has that many of that order. Yeah. But then everything less than that in the Sharkovsky Exactly, order. but nothing that nothing, nothing that came greater. before. Right. Okay. Yeah. So so it, it goes both ways in a way. Right. So there's yeah. there's something with yeah an orbit of order fifty seven. But, right. But but not fifty five. Right. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. Interesting. That's very so cool. I think that's also a very cool result. Yeah. Dynamics it, is, is hard. That- it's just <laughs> so weird. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I feel like I'm constantly having to like. I feel like my spatial sense is never very good, but maybe it's gotten better over the course of me studying dynamics mm-hmm. more. I'm like constantly having to turn things around in my brain and like mm-hmm. fold things over. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I love it a lot. So we also like to give our guests a chance to, to, to plug anything. Where can we find you on the worldwide intertubes? 
Um, so I am on Twitter. Uh, uh-huh. My handle is Kim D. Ayers. So that's K-I-M-D-A-Y-E-R-S. Okay. Um, some other cool projects going on is I've gotten, I've been doing a fair amount with um, like LGBT, LGBTQ people in STEM. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did an interview over the summer talking to this uh, organization called LGBT Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can find that on YouTube. Um, just talking about my experience as a mathematician mm-hmm. and, and, you know, my identity as a queer woman. Um, and so that's something that I'm very passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if anybody ever wants to talk more about that, they're welcome to reach out to me on Twitter. Okay. Nice. Cool. So. Excellent. Yeah, we'll include links, a link to that in the show notes. Yep. Check those out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, this, this has was been great. Really great. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much. This was a lot of fun. Good. Take care. Thanks for listening to My Favorite Theorem, hosted by Kevin Knudsen and Evelyn Lamb. The music you're hearing is a piece called Fractalia, a percussion quartet performed by four high school students from Gainesville, Florida. They are Blake Crawford, Gus Knudsen, Del Mitchell, and Bao Chan Wen. You can find more information about the mathematicians and theorems featured in this podcast, along with other delightful mathematical treats, at Kevin's website, kpknudson.com, and Evelyn's blog, Roots of Unity, on the Scientific American Blog Network. We love to hear from our listeners, so please drop us a line at myfavoritetheorem at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Kevin's handle on Twitter is at Nivik that's Kevin spelled backwards, followed by Knudsen spelled backwards, and Evelyn's is at Evelyn J. Lamb. The show itself also has a Twitter feed. The handle is M-Y-F-A-V-E-T-H-M. That's at my favorite theorem. Join us next time to learn another fascinating piece of mathematics.